Blog Talk Radio. The great city playboy, they're always around to help build your hope up, then help drag you down. They'll leave you with nothing worth singing about. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're checking in with your smoking nephew, Blazing Rye. This is Blazing Rye Backstage. It's Thursday, May 25th, 2017. And I would like to welcome the Sade to my batter and wah, Mr. Jonathan Weeks. Mr. Jonathan Weeks, how are you, my man? Good man. How are you doing? Are you nasty? Are you nasty? I love her any. Oh, where will you be waking up tomorrow morning? Um. So, where in the where in the fuck were you? (laughs) Where were you last week? I don't know. I don't know where I was last week. I was in another dimension, but uh, apologies all around. Apologies <laughs> to you and the wizard and the, the millions of fans that we have around the world. Uh, I, I just wasn't there. I was, uh, well, you know, I, you know what I, who I blame, man? I blame Mandrew. <laughs> oh, that's it. Oh, my God. There was something else. I, I knew there was something I wanted to talk to you about, and I couldn't remember what. Thank you. That, that was it. Well, okay, what happened with Mandrew? He gave us that text along uh, a couple weeks back. He said he's getting remarried, man. He's getting married again. And uh, he wants us to come or something like that. This is, uh, this is the end of us, man. I know this is the end. I'm just shocked. <laughs> And we, and we got to go back to Atlanta? <laughs> ATL? Oh, oh, no. 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 So, this well, is the end of us, man. I, I'm just, with no word. I was, I was overcome with grief and a deep <laughs> sadness and a deep worry. Oh, my God. We are done. We're done. So, what Weeks is referring to is uh, our friend Andrew Mandrew who got married uh, a few years ago, and um, uh, I was the best man, Weeks was a groom's man, and uh, we, you know, we had to go, we did the bachelor party, we did the the wedding, I mean, it was the whole thing, and then, of course, they got divorced, which uh, people, you know, anyone outside of Mandrew could have seen a mile away, but um, with the uh, uh, divorce, then Mandrew, uh, who's my best friend since first grade, by the way? He um got uh, yeah. Well, he started hanging out with this other person um in Atlanta. I think she's a doctor or something. Anyway, uh, he moved down to Atlanta. I've always thought it's very strange that a lot of my black friends move down south where it's more racist. It's never quite made any sense to me. I guess they really <laughs> don't like the winter. Um, but um, she so. So he texts 
texted us last week. It wasn't even two weeks ago, man. It was like a week and a half ago at the most. And he uh, says, he says, what up, man? Your boy's getting married again. And so that's the first problem is like, it's never a good thing if, if you have to say the word. If you have to say, your boy's getting married again. And, and then he says, but this time, but this time it'll be. And that's another thing. Like, he almost makes it sound like it's going to happen even another time after this. He's like, but this time it'll be in Atlanta. And I hope you guys can make it. And I think Weeks is much like me with the last wedding I went to, which I got to tell you about, uh, in terms of he's just on this kind of he's so traumatized by all these weddings that even before we texted each other, he texts his back manger. He says, hell yeah, man, I'll be there, man. And, uh, <laughs> and then I followed shortly thereafter. And, uh, and the thing is that the, the most traumatic wedding we have ever been to that Weeks and I have been a part of happened in Atlanta and also, uh, you know, Andrew's wedding was traumatic enough alone, let alone the horror that would ensue in Atlanta. But uh, I got, he got that text, and I, I texted you. I said, I think I just passed away from a heart attack, and you said you just had a stroke. And what was, what was your reaction when you first saw that text? What did you do? Well, you know, you know my first reaction was like, oh, my. I, I can't believe, first of all, I, I couldn't believe that he was, Texted out of the blue. It wasn't like it wasn't anything like, "Hey, week, what's going on, man?" Boom! He goes right into the wedding, and it, it was a shock. I was shocked. I thought this was over. I thought this wasn't going to happen again. Uh, it was just like reliving the nightmare all over again, and what's going to happen? And I, you know, the first thing that came to my mind was, "Is he going to have another damn bachelor party?" I'm going to have to do another bachelor party. And then the I've second thing was that, oh, shit, you know, a, a wedding, I can I can probably survive. But that means, you know, the, the Jesus is going to be there. It's going to be in Atlanta. <laughs> all the nightmares are coming back. <laughs> oh, my God. Terrible. And you know what? It's probably going to um, be in the summer. It's probably going to be 107 goddamn degrees. <laughs> I'm probably not going to survive this one. And I just succumb to it, you know, because I got to go. We went to we went to the first one, uh, you know. We got to do the second one. We got to do the remix here. This is going to be <laughs> ridiculous. I, I just I don't know how we're going to survive. And the funny thing is, a lot of people didn't even respond. I think it was just you uh, and me. Really? And Scott. <laughs> no, I thought, I thought no. You uh, and me and Scott. I thought, everyone, I thought everyone responded with their. Even though Manger didn't ask for anyone's addresses, you just started giving your address, and then everyone gave their address. I came right in. I think Julian did. Do I, did he, did yeah, he we, text Jay? Uh, I don't know. I, I was too shocked. But I saw more people responding. John Murphy responded. and uh, Although John Murphy is the only one who did uh, not give the address, which maybe that would have been wise to not give. I think John Murphy knows what's up. He's a smart man. You can't run it by John Murphy. He knows what's going down. He's a smart man. Hey. Here's my question to you now. So, as I mentioned, I was the best man. You were a groomsman in the in his first wedding. What happens now? Is it customary to have the same best man twice, or does he go with somebody different this time? Hopefully, like his dad or his brother or something. I mean, what what happens here? What's the etiquette? I think that's a damn good question. I think really. Uh, 
because I think he went all out in the first. I really don't expect him to do the same thing on the second. But yeah. you know, knowing main group with a remix, he's probably gonna. You're probably gonna be in that 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 best man category again. I wouldn't be surprised. Main group does things very strangely. You know that. I think he's gonna <laughs> do it again. Uh-huh. I really do. I think he's gonna do it again. He, he's gonna pull another one on. You know that. He, this, this is it. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay. Well, speaking of barely surviving or not surviving weddings, um, I have to. So this is going to be a little strange for people who listen to last week's episode because I essentially have to do the same show again that I did last week, including the jokes. It's all the same jokes in a joke. Up. No, I'm just kidding. It's not. It's different jokes. But this story I need to tell because I wanted Weeks's reaction last week at the last minute. Vinny pinched hit. And, and, and he was good and stuff, uh, but I needed, I needed the John Weeks reaction. So I need to tell you what happened to me uh, two weekends ago in Virginia. Yes, please. Let me just preface this by saying that this was for a, a wedding, and by the end of the night, somebody wound up dead. What? Are you kidding me? Not kidding. God, so, kidding I'm not oh. kidding. So... So here's what happened. Is, um, oh, my Lord. <laughs> I, I, so it's, it's my friends Jess Diaz and Ryan Canuel's wedding. And honestly, I could not remember for the life of me who the fuck she was marrying. Even though I know both of them, I kept forgetting that he was, she was marrying him. I know them both from Syracuse. Um, and uh, so uh, we're like, um, uh, yeah, as I told my therapist, I told my therapist, um, about, you know, going to this wedding and not sure why I agreed to it and stuff. And he said, yeah, I was going to, oh, and then I even said to him, I think I'm just on like, uh, like I'm so traumatized by these weddings that I physically cannot say no. And then he said, yeah, I was going to say out of all the weddings you don't want to go to, this one sounds the least desirable. So he said that. And, um, I'm not, that close with either the groom or the bride. So I didn't really understand why I was invited to begin with, but then I'm close enough where it's like kind of awkward if I say no. So, um, I even had the text written. I had the text written, Hey, not going to be able to make it to Virginia, but have a great time or whatever. And before I sent it, I thought about kind of, Oh, maybe I'll have fun with a few people, uh, blah, and thought of dancing and stuff. And then I erased it and sent the text. I'll be there. <laughs> so you love that punishment, man. You're a button for punishment. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is, but uh, I, I I go down to Virginia and um, I drive there, uh, which was honestly that was one of the major selling points for me in my own head about going is that I got to rent a car, which I enjoyed doing, and they gave me a beautiful Subaru Impreza, and it had a uh, what do you call it, CarPlay in it, so I could see the maps on the screen and everything, and it was wonderful. So um, it was a little big. It was like a family-sized car for just me, but it was fine. So I uh, I get to Virginia. And by the way, it's always a miracle that I don't kill anyone because I don't drive very often, you know. So that's always a miracle when I pick up the rental car and can bring it back, uh, especially dr- <laughs> having to drive through New York. But uh, what happens is I get there on Friday night, and... I um, then uh, had a fairly nice day 
uh, at, you know, going around Virginia, I went to a pretty amazing record store in Fairfax called Mobius Records. And um, the guy who uh, who runs it looks so much like David Cross that I, I wanted to get him to insult John Weeks. But uh, it, he wasn't him, but he looked like him. So, uh, so we're, you know, it was, it, was, it was pretty nice. Then I went to this other record store called like records and record and tape exchange. And that, that store was trash. Um, and then I go, I go back to the hotel. I get ready. So this is Saturday, the day of the wedding. And I drive to the wedding and I, I think it said it would take like 36 minutes to get there or something. I gave myself 40 minutes. I figured uh, I'll have like, you know, maybe four minutes or whatever, but the thing is, I got there um, just about when it, everything was starting, so I could actually like see the crowd down um, waiting for the wedding, and I heard somebody start talking, so uh, I'm going to park my car. The wedding uh, guy, the the, uh, the like the wedding assistant guy, he says, "Oh, go park your car up on the hill." So I go up on the hill and park the car and it's at this like um development that has uh it looks like barns and farms and all you know stupid rural shit so i park up there and uh and i notice that there are these three dogs running around like crazy um and you know being very loud and i figure though that since they're out and about they must be safe um and i there, were, there was also no, like, chain-link fence or anything. There was just, like, a little fence that they could easily get through. So what happened was I got out of the car, and I then uh, – I was turned away, and I, I all of a sudden feel one of the dogs headbutt me, like, in the leg. And he looked kind of oh like a pit God. bull. Yeah, like a pit bull something, like a terrier or something. So as soon as I feel the dog on me, like the dog had gone through the fence and was the head was on my leg, I got scared and I got in back in the car and I closed the door. But the thing is that the wedding was starting. So then I waited for the dogs to go a little further away. And I again, I kind of figure, all right, I need to get down to the wedding. And I figure since the dogs are out and about, then they must not be dangerous. So I open the door again and these dogs are going nuts and I try to walk nonchalantly to the wedding um, in my Ryan Seacrest suit and I hear, you know, this dog is coming right after me. I'm just trying to walk nonchalantly. Uh, the dog bites me in the back of the leg uh, and it was um, uh, bad. And so the, the dog bit me in the back of the leg and the Oh dog, yeah, and the dog's owner comes out, and he's like, uh, "Are you okay?" And I said, "Well, I just got bit." And he said, uh, uh, "What did he say?" He he said he didn't break the skin or anything, did he? Or, or, no, he said, "Let's look at it." And so I was like, "Well, it's here." And I like pointed to my like it was near my ass, so I pointed to like my upper thigh, and um, it was you know through my Ryan Seacrest Distinction suit pants, so. Uh, he said he didn't break the skin or anything, did he? And I said, I don't, I don't think so. And he said he's just uh, excited with all the traffic. I said, gotcha. And then I start walking down to the wedding. And I'm trying to go, like, I'm late now. And I'm trying to slide. 
I'm trying to slide in as inconspicuously as I can, but the thing is that the sneakiest path available was all gravel. So I was, everyone was looking back at people entering, like the, the groomsmen entering with the bridesmaids and stuff, except I was making all this noise walking on the gravel trying to go in, and everyone's looking back in my direction. And then I get there, and I, I sit, I sneak into the back, like the very back row, and I'm sitting there, and l- let me tell you, out of all the ceremonies I've seen, I've been to some painful ones, but this was just I, the the stuff that this the officiant was saying was so like not even cliche, but just so like poetic in a way that was just nauseating. That I had a I had a scowl on my face most of the wedding. I kind of fake smiled to some people I knew, but most of the ceremony I had this scowl on my face, partly because of what I was hearing, but mainly because I was writhing in pain because a dog just bit me. And I'm, I wait until the ceremony's over. And then they take these pictures of all of us. And I turned to this girl, Jamie, that I went to college with. And I said, I just got bitten by a dog. What am I supposed to do? Do I need to go to the hospital? What do I do? And she's like, well, I think you're fine if the dog didn't break the skin. And then her husband, Joe is like, yeah, you just, you want to get it checked out tomorrow. So I said, uh, I said, you sure I don't need to go to the hospital. And, um, then, she was like, check it out in the bathroom, see if the dog broke the skin. So then I go into the bathroom. The bathroom has no mirror in it in this barn or whatever it is. So I couldn't see because I can't, I can't bend that way. So I go back out. I said, there's no mirror in the bathroom. Jamie was like, do you want me to go to the bathroom with you? And I said, let me, maybe I'll ask Lundy. His dad's a doctor. I don't know. So um, Lundy comes by and uh, I'm like, Jamie, why don't you tell him? Lundy, by the way, was a groomsman in this. I said, Jamie, why don't you tell him what's happening? And because I knew that Lundy was going to think that I was just trying to get him him in a situation where I could take my pants off. And so Jamie (laughs) tells him what's going on. And Lundy goes, are you you did this on purpose? And I said, I know, I know that's what you would think. But no, I did not do this on purpose. And please just come into the bathroom with me. So. He, we go into the bathroom, and he's like, nothing to see here on the way over there. We get into the, the bathroom, and um, I pull down my pants, and his reaction to what he saw was, oh, oh, oh. And I said, I said, did he break the skin? And he said, he did, he did, but, but you're fine, you're fine. And I was like, what do I do? Do I need to go to the hospital? What am I supposed to do here? I don't know what to do. And he's like, you, uh, no, no, you're fine. Just um, we'll get some Neosporin, and let me, let me talk to the guy who runs the wedding place. And let's, for the purposes of the story, let's just call him Henry because I don't know his name. I don't remember his name. But <laughs> what, what happens is I pull back up my pants. Lundy and I go next door to the sound booth, tech booth there that Henry's setting up. And he's this, like, gray-haired, uh, bearded, middle-aged white guy. And um, Lundy explains to him what happened. And Henry said, oh, that's never happened here before. And um, that that guy who owns the dog just moved there about a month ago. And they don't know much about him or anything. And, uh, and he said, well, why don't you – we'll do a little better than Neosporin. And Lundy's like, this guy, you can trust this guy. So then I follow Henry – up to his house because he lives on that property. So I'm following this oh middle white guy to into his private home where uh, I know that I'm going to need to pull my pants down. And um, we first he asked me to sit in the great room and wait. I don't know what the hell the great room is. I just sit in the kid. I think he meant the living room. So then he's like, 
why don't you put your foot up on the ottoman? And I said, oh, no, the bite is back here. And he said, oh, oh, okay. Uh, well, why don't we go upstairs? Then? So we go upstairs. I'm in this strange man's bathroom, pulling my pants down. And um, he says, okay, so I'm no doctor, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put some uh, hydrogen peroxide on the bite and then some uh, triple antibiotic. And theoretically, this should clear any infection. I wouldn't be too worried about rabid dogs around here, but, you know, the infection is what you want to worry about. And so he puts that on, and then he puts some Band-Aids on and stuff, and uh, then um, we finish that up, and uh, we start walking back to the wedding, and he says, yeah, apparently that guy who owns the dog is like a uh, former uh, Penn State linebacker. And immediately I thought, oh, shit, well, I don't want to sue anyone who got molested uh, because, you know, he was saying, oh, I'll give you his name and, um, you know, because he would have been there at the Sandusky time. But I hear that Sandusky never really molested the football players. It was just younger kids at the camp. So, eh, you know, but um, we go back to the the wedding um, and Henry says to me, uh, I'm sure some some Jack Daniels or gin and tonic or something will make you feel better. And I said, actually, I stopped drinking three and a half years ago. And he said, uh, oh, really? Uh, was it a, uh, did you go through a time? And I said, yeah. And um, then it did turn out that the guy sitting next to me at the wedding was sober about the same amount of time that I was and has like the same coin I have and stuff. So that was a little crazy and that was a little cool. But uh, so then, you know, people, I tried to behave normally during this wedding, but people are coming up to me being like, uh, I heard you got attacked by a dog. Was it that golden retriever? I'm like, no, it wasn't the golden retriever. And, um, they, so, uh, you know, Lundy kept on checking in on me during the course of the night and nobody's telling me anything about, you know, you should go to the ER or anything, which, which I thought may be the case. And, um, then, uh, at the end of the night, uh, I could not find where I had parked, um, and I asked. I went back and found Henry, and I said, "Can you find? Can you tell me where this, uh, where the car is?" And he said, "Yeah, I think you parked just up there." And then this this is hours later, by the way. Henry comes out of the sound booth where he's shutting everything down, and he said, "Oh, and uh, by the way, he killed the dog." What? And that was my reaction. Oh, my God. My reaction was oh the same. Oh, my God. And I said, what? Holy and, shit. And he said, he killed the dog. And I said, well, how? And he said, I think just, and he made a, a gun motion, uh, pulling the trigger and blowing a gun motion with his hand. And and I said, like, wow. oh, my God, I didn't want that to happen. And he said, well, uh, you know, uh, we talked to him, and apparently – uh, the owner said, you know, he was a 12-year-old rescue dog, and they had had all these problems with him, and I guess maybe uh, tonight was the last straw. And um, so then uh, Henry's assistant, Rich, comes in, and Henry says, why don't you clarify for Ryan what happened? And Rich goes, you told him? Why would you tell him? Now he has to live with that. And Henry was much of the mind, like, uh, that that the owner didn't do anything, that the dog owner didn't do anything wrong because he was like, we live in a civilized society to which I just was going to say something about Trump being president, but I figured I don't know his politics. I don't know. Uh, so um, he said, we live in a civilized society. You know, you can't have that happen, blah, blah, blah. So Henry was of the mind that, you know, it wasn't a bad thing to tell me the truth. And I still think that it was not. Uh, I, but um, right. I went, I went back up to the car and when I'm there, I find these two 
two guys like smoking reefer and it was it was not the duo that I would have chosen to console me in that time. Um, but <laughs> but uh, they, they were somewhat helpful, and one of them actually got attacked by a dog, and that dog wound up being put down, and it was because of that. And he he said that, but that fucked me up for a long time, and like you gotta you know it wasn't you, you didn't do it, blah blah blah. And so then I uh, and I think maybe that kind of made me feel even worse. But I get into the car. And, um, and I'm driving back to the hotel. Well, really, I'm driving to find some uh, Neosporin somewhere, somewhere that's open in bumfuck Virginia at that time. And uh, I, I, I'm shaking and tearing up because I think, like, I wasn't, like, full-on crying or nothing, but I think that it, I was literally in a state of some sort of shock, not a, you know, a, a minimal amount, but I think I was in in shock from, you know, partly from the dog bite, but mainly from the murder. And the next day I got, the, um, the next day I did a teledoc thing and called a doctor and the doctor prescribed antibiotics. And he was like, but if you feel this or whatever, then go see an actual doctor. And then, and then I felt like I was fine, but then I saw my therapist and he was like, well, rabies is a concern. And I was like, what? And so then I scheduled an appointment with Dr. Fezziwig on Friday and Fezziwig uh, he said it was too late if I wanted rabies shots and stuff. And he just said, Ryan, I tried to tell you, you know, uh, life is not an ideal thing. Uh, we do not always behave ideally. You do not behave ideally, but this is where we are. And uh, trust me, you will be fine. And I don't want to say for sure that you are very negative. But uh, and he said, and I can see that you are very concerned. But the thing is that I had just come from the eye doctor where I got my eye the, um, pupils dilated. So I looked way more scared than I was. So he was like, I can tell you are very concerned. And, and he even, Dr. Fezziwig put his hand on my shoulder and said, but I tell you, it, you know, it is not to worry. You will be okay. And, um, and so it, it was just like, you know, then I started freaking out after that, those appointments with my therapist and with Fuzzy, Fezzi, thinking I had rabies. And um, the other night, uh, Jason kind of calmed me down saying like, well, you have to think like if the owner wasn't concerned about the dog having rabies and the uh, dog didn't probably didn't have rabies. Anyway, that's, that's the wedding that, uh, I was never, I, I barely even went to. That's the wedding that I barely even went to. And yet horrible, horrible fucking things happened to Ryan Holmes. This wedding sounds ridiculously epic. You got bit by a dog. You're worried about having rabies all night at the wedding. You had to go to the stranger's house who has to dress your ass after you get bit by a dog. He broke his skin then, right? He broke his skin. Yes. 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 That's terrible. Yes. That's serious. And then then you find out at the end of the day that the guy killed his dog. Just summarily executed his dog. Uh, Dude, I feel bad for you, man. This is terrible. You get bit by a dog. Oh, my God. He breaks the skin. And then you got to get treated by some stranger. Well, you know, that was good in some ways. But, wow, that is so awkward. And, and, and how was the wedding itself? Was it terrible? It sounds terrible. It was it's terrible. This is awful. It was awful. Terrible. <laughs> terrible. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what I would do? Send them a bill. Send them a bill. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> oh my god! And so when you got bit by the dog, it must have hurt. Did you broke the skin? Did you scream? Yeah, I, I yelled "fuck." <laughs> I yelled "fuck." Oh, no, or was my god. You okay? Yeah. Ugh. And the owner killed the dog? Yeah, the owner shot and killed the dog. <laughs> I, sh- I shouldn't be laughing at the dog. It's oh, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's hilarious if you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. What, what about it? Why is it hilarious? <laughs> what? A little, a little drastic, don't you think he goes and kills the dog? Yes, it was <laughs> ridiculously drastic. Don't you think, you know, I, what I would have done was probably go to the wedding and find you and see if you were all right. You know, not just go and shoot the dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, this is... Where were you? Where part of Virginia were you? This sounds like fucking Wallingford or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, even even, Wall, even Wallingford is worse than this. But this was in uh, Hamilton, <laughs> Hamilton, Virginia, and I stayed in Reston, Virginia. You know, Reston, and the wedding was in Hamilton. Oh yeah, I know Reston. Yeah. Oh my God, this is just. I, you cannot write a better comedy than this. This is ridiculous. I mean, I, I would have been miserable at the wedding. The fact that you were at the wedding after a dog bit your ass. I, I don't know how you. I don't know how you endured that. Really, and that that should have become like the story of the entire wedding. That's more. That's that's better than the wedding itself. Quite frankly. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't hard to beat. But the, uh, it, it, it really, you know, assuming that I survive uh, the dog bite, which I'm still not clear, especially after you're saying, oh, that's serious, he yeah. broke the skin. Now you're making me think I have rabies again. <laughs> no, I, I just did a quick Google search. If you get hit by a dog, it says that you got to apply antibiotics right away, and then you got to do that for like a week. And then you gotta well, go did, see a doctor yeah. right away. Oh my yeah. god. Well I, I can't mean believe, you know I can't believe uh, this uh, a couple of those things I did. I mean kind of like uh like the I did a teledoc so the doctor called on the phone and, and I sent him the picture of the bite and stuff, so I think that's just as good or whatever. And the bite was gruesome. Um and he said, Okay, you know, oh. with dog bites So I did take action immediately, um when I got back to Brooklyn the next day anyway, <laughs> and you know, that night with the stuff. Uh, with Henry, but um, right. but the but the thing is, I regret not going to the. I should have just skipped the wedding and gone to the fucking emergency room. While you know, I I regret not doing that because <laughs> that would have given me some peace of mind. It also would have given me an excuse not to attend the wedding. <laughs> That's what I would have done. You had the perfect excuse to get the hell out of there. Oh, yeah, a, a dog bit my ass. You know, it'd be funny. 
it'd be funny if I went to the emergency room and got treated and everything, and then, and then I just came running back into the wedding, yelling out, "A dog bit my ass! A dog bit my ass!" <laughs> I got raped. You should have came back. You should have came back. You should have came back and just started like. Eating some tongues or something and foamy at the mouth. Hey, Time for the It's going on, man. It's amazing, man. Uh, oh, Oh man, well, I'm I'm, I'm uh, happy the gang is all back together. You know, weeks weeks uh, was I don't know what he was dicking around in another dimension during the show last week, but he's I back know. tonight. I know. I apologize, Tom Fogarty. I apologize. <laughs> oh man, I don't know what happened. Buffalo, happened. right? That's what <laughs> Buffalo will do. Yeah, yeah. Happy belated birthday to you, Tom Fogarty. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah. Great kid. Yeah. Great happy kid. birthday. So, thank you. What uh? What did you do for your birthday? Uh, what did I do? Oh, we went and saw Sweat, the Broadway play. Oh, how was that? Woo! Pretty good. Pretty damn good. Hell yeah. Although not see- as yeah. good as I would have expected, having won the Pulitzer. Oh, okay. Because uh, I've seen I've seen race issue plays that were much better this past year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, maybe just once your name's in the hopper and you're still doing topical things, that must Ooh. be how it goes. Well, well, I don't know about that either because I saw Building the Wall the other night. Have you seen this? Uh, no, I just read the review for it today, though. Didn't didn't fare well in the Times. Okay, yeah, because uh, oh. I saw it with... Jason Selvig the other night, and he, he really didn't like it. There were some things about it I didn't like, but uh, but yeah, you're saying that uh, it did not do well in the review. Well, no, and yeah, it was still a long ass review. They liked the actors, but they said they weren't given much to do except the one note of sustaining, you know, the sort of self righteous anger that there was no. There was no questioning for the audience to do, and there was no, like, other positions. It was just, here, this is the situation, and yes, we have every right to be angry about it. It's interesting Ooh. because that's that's similar to what Jason said. He just said, like, this this was a bad play because nothing happened in the play. It's just these two people talking, but nothing happens between them. Nothing happens in their relationship. Yeah. Nothing happens to change them. Um so, yeah, I think that that is accurate, and I think it probably hurts the actors that, that the writing is just not there, and it's surprising because it's the same guy who wrote All the Way. Right. Right. Yeah. Which I did and not see, Tamar but And Tamara really well. been coming into her own lately, and I, you know, would have expected more, but at least uh, Jesse Green, the new co-lead, you know, critic for The Times... It's yeah. him and Brantley now, their co, instead of uh, the hierarchy of Brantley and then Isherwood after his major faux pas. Uh-huh. Ooh. Well, who have you got for us tonight for the Hot Mess Award? Well, my first one has got to be, let's see, I had three. Oh, okay. 
Have you seen or heard anything about this Rihanna, Lupita, Nyong'o photograph that's like four years old at this point of them at a fashion show? Mm -hmm. Apparently someone posted it, came across it, and posted it on Twitter with, with the thing saying... Looks like she scams rich white men, and Lupita looks like a computer smart friend. The, the tweet went viral. Apparently, two people were talking. Next thing you know, it's now a movie starring Lupita. Nyong'o, Rihanna, and directed by Ava DuVernay. It'll be coming out in 2018. (laughs) What? All based on a tweet of the two of them that some like person put with a caption. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So I certainly hope the tweeter, the twatter, is getting some back-end points and some big money on this. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and that they're not, and that they're not fund sourcing it. Jesus, gross. Yeah, sounds like a bad thing. So there's a lot and of hot messes there. <laughs> and who's your second hot mess? <laughs> well, this might have to be one and a half. Andy Cohen was oh. on the View today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not the View, the talk. He no. was on the talk, and he did a please the fifth thing with each one of them. And his question to Sharon Osbourne was, what star or celebrity, if you saw them coming at you, would you hide, duck, or run from? And she said, without missing a beat, Courtney Love. Ooh. Ooh. She says, because she's, she's crazier than a box of frogs, she's mean, and she stinks from her own B.O., <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And she killed her husband. Well, let's not right. go there. But. <laughs> yeah. All right. Who's yeah. who's your second? And my last one. My last one is this lovely fifty, sixty-year-old white supremacist cunt that was filmed <laughs> at Walmart in. Arkansas, verbally attacking an American Mexican woman, refusing to move her cart so the woman could get to what it was she wanted to buy off the shelf, telling her to go the fuck back home. And when an African American woman came to her defense, saying that she was being ignorant, this lovely woman said, Oh, so the nigger's calling me ignorant? Mm. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Mm. All on footage, and all Walmart can do, apparently because the woman got away and got out, all Walmart can do is say, well, they're, like, looking into it, and they're trying to find out who she is from the, the video footage, and they will ban her from Walmart for life. Jeez. So she might be fucked because, you know, Probably that part of Arkansas, the only thing there is is Walmart or the 7-Eleven at the gas station. Yeah. Oh, and that's, 
That's right. Unless he's going to be eating hot dogs from the roly roly cart. Well, <laughs> Weeks, you just have to go uh, go find that person you met at the campaign rally and uh, take her, turn her into Walmart. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! All right. Yeah. Are you guys lubed up and ready to joke off? I've been moist all day for some reason. You're feeling what? Hell yeah. I've been I've been moist all day for some reason. Ooh, moist. Different strokes to rule the world. <laughs> yep. I'm a fun guy to be with. <laughs> Alright, here we go. I got mushrooms in my drawers. Oh god. Ooh. Ooh. Mushrooms oh, yeah. are so I hate mushrooms. Ugh. They're Love mushrooms. Why? Oh, God, hate them. Oh. Are you saying I'm gross or mushrooms? Uh, mushrooms. I don't like mushrooms that much. I know shiitake mushrooms are good. Those are good. What'd you call me? <laughs> During a bizarre appearance on Ellen this week, Jessica Simpson said things like, nothing's going to get in that uterus, and I don't know if I've ever had a seven-year relationship other than with woman. At the end of the interview, Ellen said, Thanks for being here, Joaquin. Oh, shit. <laughs> really? Really, Jessica, is that, like, fucked up? Apparently, yeah. I don't know. It was a bizarre... Wow. You gotta watch it. Wow. And New York Vulture Festival on Saturday, comedian Aziz Ansari said he doesn't read, watch, or talk about the news anymore due to Trump fatigue. Tell me about it, said Melania Trump. <laughs> By the way, weeks, weeks, you sound terrible. What's? Are, did you? Are you in a wind tunnel or something? We can't. You can barely hear you. terrible. You sounded terrible yeah. during that joke. During the joke, you yeah. sounded terrible. Yeah. Yeah, you you sound like you're in a wind tunnel. Yeah, tell that joke one more time and yeah. tell it one more time and make it sound better. At New York's Vulture Festival on Saturday, go. comedian Aziz Ansari said he doesn't read, watch, or talk about the news anymore due to Trump fatigue. Tell me about it, said Melania Trump. <laughs> yes, much better. Thank you. So good? Okay. Very okay. good. Okay, I wasn't, I wasn't speaking with this. <laughs> A gift has gone viral this week depicting melanoma Trump Swatting away President Trump's hands when he went to hold hers. She swats his hand way faster than he'd swat a Muslim Mexican right back to Africa. <laughs> Dale. Dale. <laughs> the slave ship and you're gonna go after ho- after hockey player for the Anaheim Ducks, Jason Getzloff, was fined $10,000 this week after calling a referee a cocksucker on Friday, a fan named Jason Lamb launched a GoFundMe page in support of Getzloff in order to send a message to the sinister NHL that no more will this kind of snowflake overreaction to words stand. But if you ask me, Jason Lamb is a real cocksucker. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> Tommy boy. 
man who ate a, a tainted batch of nacho cheese from a gas station has died. You know, I've heard of getting gas from eating nachos, but this is ridiculous. It's nacho cheese. <laughs> oh my lord, oh my lord, oh my lord. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> okay, now I gotta apologize before I even get there because I don't know no damn song and then did 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 the song. Sure you so, do, you know. <laughs> you know you know stitches, you know we'll be needing stitches. You know that one. Na, 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 na. No? Oh. I don't know. It makes the butt hairs like stand right. on ends. Alright, then just make any oh. anything. Any do I anything. Do Malibu. I love Malibu. Okay. Do that. Let's see. We'll just we'll figure something out. We'll just yeah. see where it goes. I'll improv. Yeah. Take one. Yeah. President Trump's budget proposal this week got a poor reception from leaders on Capitol Hill. Not as poor a reception, however, as he got from the Pope. Dominique, Nika, Nika, Sonnelle, Supplement, Touche, La Vétendant, Et le ding, 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 That wasn't Malibu. I wasn't singing none. You don't remember her, but I grew up with her in the 60s. She used to be on Ed Sullivan, and she would come out and sing in French only. <laughs> oh, that's Tiny Tim. Thank you. You're thinking of Tiny Thank Tim. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. That's Andy Calvin. Thank you very much. Uh, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Tiny, apparently, uh, Tim was not tiny. No. Oh. Far you mean from in it. The, you, mean in the, you mean in the cock department? I mean in the tiptoe through the tulip department. Tiptoe through the tulip? Yeah. Yeah. That mean, yeah. Dick? Dick? Yep. Cock? Okay. Yep. <laughs> had an eggplant. What, the fuck? what is happening over there? A, a man covered in. What is that sound? <laughs> a, a man covered in blood, carrying a decapitated human head, walked oh my. walked into an Oregon grocery store on Sunday and stabbed an employee. When the police took the man away, he yelled, "Wait!" I never got my hot pockets. Um, <laughs> and, oh, man. Hot pockets. Hot pockets. Hot pockets. And this one's flying. Hot pockets, mate. I'm going to guess things with an option to my hot pocket. <laughs> A California woman has spent the last three weeks in intensive care after eating nacho cheese from a gas station. I've heard of someone dying from gas station nacho cheese, but this is ridiculous. (laughs) Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did I scroll down too far? No. No. 
I don't think so. Where am I? It sounds very familiar. <laughs> this is a little bit different. Uh, I got you now. Okay. If only you came to rehearsal. Okay. Karcha GPS has come out with a new product where the voice giving you directions is that of none other than our POTUS Donald Trump. Warning. Do not buy this product if you are Mexican. <laughs> right. Then That's straight right. down through the border. Right. Yep. Run back over that wall, you little wetback. North Carolina woman Nicole Wells taunted horses while dressed in a T-Rex costume. When her family found her, they said, Kellyanne, that's enough. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's where Kellyanne's been. Yup, taunted horses dressed in Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah, they should (laughs) have been looking for her in the stables at the Kentucky Derby. (laughs) Famous Obama photographer Pete Souza this week came out with a profile on fictional president Frank Underwood from House of Cards. While they were doing the shoot, passersby exclaimed, Please, President Underwood, take over for the love of God. (laughs) (laughs) Waka waka. Waka waka. And shut us down, Fogarty. Okie doke. The U.S. Justice Department told CNN Wednesday that Attorney General Jeff Sessions did not disclose meetings he had last year with Russian officials when he applied for his security clearance. In all fairness, Sessions can't be expected to remember what was on the disclosure form. The Russian ambassador filled it out while Sessions blew him. Oh, 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 me? Uh, yep. Starting rehearsals for the Pulse Project. Our big benefit for Days Against Guns is coming up on June 11th. Oh, great. So this time around, there's actually one person for each monologue, so we've got a cast of 16. Whoa. Wow. He said crossing himself. Yeah, man. So All right, I, well, hope great. You, I, hope you can, I hope you can come out and join us. It'll be it's a Sunday at 5 o'clock. And All we'll right. be done in time to... Beat it home for the Tony Awards. Oh, shit. Ooh. Well, I will do my best to be there. It's not something I want to miss. So uh, I hope to see you yeah. soon. Don't yeah. get captured. And we'll talk to you on the flip side. Nice to have the gang back together again because Weeks' alarm went off the right time. Yeah, <laughs> All right. Pokemon, Pokemon, Pokemon. <laughs> All right, John Week. So, um, uh, before we get into the uh, closing of the episode, anything else you want to say about my uh, what I like to call terror in Virginia? In fact, that's what I wanted to call the wedding album that I posted on Facebook, Terror in Virginia, but I didn't think the couple would appreciate it. 
the only thing I would have done differently was I would have used it as an excuse to get out of the wedding. Yeah. I got you know I I would have made it a practical joke though I would have smeared some kind of white lipstick all over my mouth. I would have like eaten some tongue so I would have started foaming and I'd come back <laughs> to the wedding and just start tripping over everything you know falling over chairs and tables. Hey buddy. <laughs> I got rabies, but... <laughs> I got attacked by a dog. <laughs> Is that Holmes? What's wrong with him? <laughs> What's wrong with him? What's going on? Oh, he got bit by a dog. You know what he caused? Uh, craziness and terror about all the people there. It would have been the best wedding of all time. <laughs> oh, oh, I forgot to tell you. I forgot I forgot to tell you one thing. When I went up to the groom towards the end of the night to congratulate him, I go I, I hug him and I said, "Uh, congratulations and uh, you know, best of luck and uh paper towels and all that." And he and he just like I was being completely Larry David insincere, you know, like, ah, you know, whatever, whatever you're supposed to say here is what I'm saying, I guess. And he, and he took it sincerely, but I was not being sincere, but he took it sincerely and like hugged me goodbye. But I, I was like in so much pain and it was such a long night and such a terrible time that I was like, eh, you know, all right, well, uh, good luck in the rest of your life and uh, all the paper towels and all that. I literally said paper towel, yeah, you know, it's, I, I I had had it at that point, and I didn't tell the bride that I got bitten until the end of the night, and uh, she was like, "Oh my god!" Eh. And I showed, I showed. Uh, I'll I'll send you a picture of the bite. It was disgusting. <laughs> I, you are truly a trooper, man. I don't know how you get bit by a dog. You know, you almost get rabies, and you still stay for the whole damn wedding. You are amazing, sir. You should have. You should have been. You know. You know awarded something at the damn wedding. You're the star of this wedding. Next time, you know, I think I might just get bitten by a dog from injury wedding. I think this would be the greatest <laughs> excuse to get out of the wedding and to come back and ruin it. <laughs> and be like, hey, do you know of any Rottweilers nearby? I need to go talk to one of them. <laughs> you know of any stray I animals? I get bitten by something. Yeah, some rabid raccoon or something. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, ooh, or a bat. Bats are even more rabid. Oh, that would be amazing. Can you imagine <laughs> me coming in there and walking all lopsided? It was, uh, you know, before we get the mouth, you're going, hey, <laughs> Yes, because it'd be more normal than than what the usual is. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Um. Uh, oh my! Oh my God, weeks! I for, I forgot to tell you. Uh, do you do, do you did I did I tell you that um I uh saw on Twitter a few months ago that uh Brendan Yuri from Panic the Disco was going to be in Kinky Boots on Broadway. Did I tell you this? No, you never told me anything about that. Yeah, so he announces, Panic announces on Twitter that Brendan's going to be in Kinky Boots on Broadway, 
And when I read that, I started like shaking and crying, kind of like, but it, not in a bad way, like with the dog, but I was like freaking out. And I ran out of the office and I jumped onto a bike and I rode the bike, I rode the city bike over to the theater and I jumped off the bike while it was still moving. And I ran into the box office and I ran past the box office because I couldn't find it because I didn't look to my right. I only looked to my left. And I'm like, I ran into the actual theater. It was dark and shit. And then I was like, wait a second. And then I ran back and I asked for uh, tickets. And I got tickets to Brendan's opening night and Brendan's and then I got tickets to Brendan's closing day when I got back to my desk. But tomorrow night, Brendan wow. Urie opens on Broadway in Kinky Boots and I am going with uh, Sherry the Lemon tomorrow night. Uh, and uh, I am like freaking out, you know. Wow. That's amazing. I didn't even know he was in that play. Are you kidding me? He, he's really he's really doing well for himself. This is amazing. And he, and it's he crazy. Tickets? You didn't say tomorrow's opening night, is it? Tomorrow's his opening night. Yeah, his. So it's the guy who plays oh that my role. Oh, Lord. How did you do that? I, I do ran. That? I got on the bike and jumped off of it. <laughs> what do you mean? How did you? I bought tickets to it. <laughs> um, but. You know what is? You know what I didn't realize is that while he was on tour, where I saw him in Philly, and then I saw him in New York, and I think in between the two. Uh, he posted a thing on Instagram and Twitter that said he had to move. Um, and I remember seeing his house on L.A. and his studio that he built in it and the, and the pool that he would jump off the roof into and stuff. And, and, and it looked very nice. And he said, it was my house. And he was very happy with it. And, blah, blah. and then it turns out he had to move because fans were harassing him. So tomorrow night after the show, you know, I'm definitely going to wait by the stage door to see if he comes out. But I'm very reluctant to ask him to insult you at this point. Oh no! Please do, please do. <laughs> I mean, I we'll try. I really, it's it needs to be an in the moment thing. If I need to gauge the situation, it's going to be a little nuts because it's going to be a bunch of screaming girls, probably. So, uh, right. but I didn't like, like the fact that he had to move his house is just insane. Also, you know what else is insane um, is that. You know, it's crazy that a band comes out in 2004, 5, 6, whatever, has this big hit with I Write Sins, Not Tragedies. They tour these big places, and then they, uh, they come out with a second album that's way different from the first album. Then two of those band members leave the band, so now half the band is left. Half yeah. the band comes out with the third album, and then, um, yeah. and then the fourth album... And then by the fifth album, the third uh, member besides Brendan left the band. So then it's just Brendan who's Panic at the Disco. And, and, and when it was just him, like when it says when you open Death of a Bachelor and it says Panic at the Disco is Brendan Urie, uh, this has been yeah. his most successful year ever. You know, So it's crazy when you have uh, – I, I feel like most people in that situation where your bandmates and friends are abandoning you – left and right and stuff, and then you come out with one big hit, but then you come out with uh, three other albums that don't do as well. I feel like a lot of people in that situation would kind of give up or, or something, but then uh, he comes out with his Death of, Death of Ashler album that he recorded at the house that unfortunately he had to leave, um, but uh, he uh, came out with that, and then he did this arena tour. They sold out Madison Square Garden. They sold out that Wells Fargo in Philly. I mean, this and... And now he's doing whatever the fuck he wants and is opening on Broadway tomorrow night. I mean, it's just fucking crazy that it's just the, the his his 
trajectory as an artist is is very interesting, and I, I think a lot of people don't don't see that because they don't know the whole history of the band. Yeah, I, I have to say, uh, not only himself, but yeah, he's been able to rec- recreate himself and you know survive the years, and that, that's astounding in itself. A lot of that bands and musicians can't even do that, um, and be, to be able to re- recreate yourself is pretty phenomenal. That that's just the talent of himself. Uh, and his marketing ability and his talents, and I think the uh, seriously the dedication of his fans. I mean that's that's nuts. I mean they've been with him through uh, the band remanufacturing itself several times, uh, reshaping itself the sound as you said, and uh, for them to keep up with the times, it's even more so than many other bands, you know, including Fall Out Boy and whatnot. And yeah, I think that's pretty amazing. I gotta give it to him. You know that means. The music is, is fast-paced and very, uh, almost like futuristic to me, and uh, he's, he's ahead of his time. He is really ahead of his time. That's why I think he's going to be around much, much longer, and uh, he's smart. He's diversifying. He's doing plays, and uh, this guy's got a lot of damn talent. It's, yeah, it's incredible. Also, this this is an interesting decision. What? Makes you hate yourself? Yeah. Yeah, he's so damn talented. Oh yeah, but and and it's also like you know most people who have this hugely successful uh, um, year in music probably wouldn't uh, jump onto a Broadway stage, but that's what he's doing. So he's he's really just you know it's it's pretty amazing what he's doing. And um, but it's just too bad about you know he had to leave the house that he loved and the studio. I mean it's just uh, I would say poor Brendan, but he's worth about eight million dollars, which is weird because Patrick Stump from Fallout Boy, who's much uh, fatter than Brendan is worth $16 million. So how is this fat fuck worth $16 million and Brendan's only worth eight, half as much as Stumpy Patrick? I don't understand. <laughs> and isn't Patrick like a real jerk? Is he supposed to be like a real jerk? I thought he's like, no, I don't he's got a real bad reputation. Patrick Stump from or Fall Out Boy? You're, no, you're thinking yeah, of Pete Wentz. Yeah, no, you're thinking of Pete yeah, Wentz, but Pete the thing... No, but Pete, Pete Wentz and Brendan are like BFFs because if it weren't for Pete Wentz, uh, then Panic at the Disco would have never been discovered. Pete Wentz is the one who signed Panic at the Disco after hearing two songs off MySpace. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I crazy. Was, I mean, it was, it was a smart move. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but, but I'm wondering, maybe he'll be there tomorrow. You know, maybe Pete Wentz will be there. Maybe Sarah Yuri, his wife, will be there tomorrow. And, uh, and yeah. uh, you know, it's just crazy, the whole the moving thing. And, uh, uh, but, and then he said in that note, he said, so, you know, hopefully this, people can respect boundaries now. And if you still want to send gifts and stuff, uh, they're more than welcome. So here's an address that I'll be nowhere near, but I'll have checked periodically. So he put some other address there. <laughs> Um, but it makes me wonder like how, uh, it, it makes me think that there's going to be, it's going to be more difficult to actually have a conversation. It may just be a quick photo or a quick him signing things, um, or him not coming out at all. So I'll, I'll have to gauge it tomorrow, but rest assured weeks, I will see this show during, he's ends in it August 6th, unless they extend him further. Um, which I think is definitely a possibility, but, uh, from, May 26th until August 6th, I'm sure I will see Kinky Boots uh, at at least five times. So definitely the two times tomorrow and the last day. But I, I definitely think that I'll see it, you know, a bunch more times while he's in it. And then they're going to think that I'm the one who is stalking them at their house. 
Yes, but do try to get them insults, but I don't want you to harass them. So, yeah, I know right. he's, uh, he's this guy, do what you can, uh, but definitely I want to hear a full review of this uh, this play and his performance. I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Yeah, I, I've never seen it. Um, it's uh, uh, I, I know a girl who did uh, the initial reading of it, and she wound up teaching Cindy Lauper emoticons at the time because Cindy Lauper wrote the music and stuff. And it's just uh, and now it became this big huge thing. And that was just in the in the initial stages. But we must depart for the evening. So, um, what is your favorite scene in She's a Man Man for Jermaine Bang Bang Bang? Look, my favorite scene in She's a Man Man for Jermaine Bang is when Amanda Payne plays this lawyer, and he doesn't really have a name in the movie, but he's called the counselor. And he's having a very serious conversation with a other lawyer who works for the drug cartel in Mexico at the time. And so goes. LFA. Machado, Machado would have traded every word, every poem, every verse he ever wrote for one more hour with his beloved. And that is because when it comes to grief, the normal rule is that a man would give entire nations to lift grief off his heart. And yet, you cannot buy anything with grief, because grief is worthless. Why, why are you telling me this? Because you continue to deny the reality of the world you're in, counselor. Do you love your wife so much, so completely, that you would exchange places with her on the wheel? And I don't mean dying. Do you dying is easy? Yes, yes, damn you! Well, that is good to hear, Counselor. So what are you saying? Are you saying this is a possibility? No, it's impossible. You said I was that man at that crossing. Yes. At that understanding that life is not going to take you back. You are the world you have created. And when you cease to exist, this world that you have created will also cease to exist. But for those with the understanding that they're living the last days of the world, that requires a sense of meaning. The extinction of all reality, the concept no resignation can encompass. And then all the grand designs and all the grand plans will be finally exposed and revealed for what they are. And now, Counselor, I have to go because I have to make other calls. If I have time, I think I'll take a small nap. And that's my favorite scene that she's a man made, which is winning the bank man. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My favorite scene in she's Amanda Bynes' mind is when she plays a man named Bruce Wayne, and she's talking to Amanda Bynes' mind, and he says, she plays both of them, he says, why didn't you just kill me? You won't, you don't fear death, you you welcome it. Your punishment must be more severe. Torture, yeah, but not of your body, of your soul. Where am I? Home. Where I learned the truth about despair, as will you. There's a reason why this prison is the worst hell on earth. Hope. Every man who has rotted here over the centuries has looked up to the light and imagined climbing to freedom. So easy, so simple, and like the shipwrecked men turning to seawater from uncontrollable thirst, many have died trying. <laughs> 
I learn there can be no despair without hope, so I terrorize Gotham. I will feed its people hope to poison their souls. I will let them believe they can survive so that you can watch them clamoring over each other to stay in the sun. You can watch me torture an entire city. And then, when you have truly understood the depth of your failure, we will fulfill Ra's al Ghul's destiny. We will destroy Gotham. And then, when it is done and Gotham is ashes... Then you have my permission to die. And that's my favorite scene. She's my man, Peter Amanda Bane, man, Bruce Wayne, man, Bane, man. Wow. Yes. 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 God, I mean, that, that performance was so good. It reminded me of how freaking evil Bane is. That's evil. God. <laughs> what an evil son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I can think of no better way of ending the show. No bang, 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 bang. Than by saying, if it ain't showbiz, it ain't a biz. Hit the brakes, Florence. Somebody owes me a martini. I got attacked by a dog. And if you have a Barbie doll, what are you going to do with that thing? You're going to go across country, have a nice little road trip, stop at a gas station, get some nacho cheese. Bobby Doll's going to have a three-week vacation in the hospital, and you're going to die. So don't watch. <laughs> don't eat that nacho cheese from gas station. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> have a great Memorial Day weekend. Good night, week, good night, everybody. Ah!